The main podcast is a free media source with a mission to provide better transparency in the market to connoisseurs, medical patients, recreational users, store owners, growers, extractors, and everyone in between. This is made possible through generous support from our sponsors who cover all corners of the great state of Maine. A special thank you goes out to Treeline Cannabis, Planet Tim, Watered Roots, Rugged Roots, The Head of Yeti, Tastefully Baked, Cure Cannabis, The Shack 420, Humble Family Farms, Canamelts, Salty Cultivation, The North Fire, Highbrow, Team Green, Seaworks & Co., Bade Space, Zero Gravity Extracts, Wisely Cannabis, and Stoner & Co. For more information on how you can support those who support us, please visit our website, www.mainpodcast.com, and click our Sponsors tab. Well, hey, welcome to another episode of the main podcast. I'm, uh, it's awesome to be joined by the normal co-host, Kaylan, Carrie Landry. What's going on, man? What's happening, Evan? How you doing back there? Yes, and myself, Evan, Headstash207. And today we're joined by three pretty cool guests. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves, but I'll give a little uh, preface. It's Jesse from Main Trees, Mike from Bees Trees, and then we have Maddie, and I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Maddie, where are you from at? It's, uh, he's with Green Matter. Green he's Matter. He's off mic right now. He is off mic, but he's in, he's in frame. Maddie, give us a nod, a little wave. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> no, no, we don't need you to talk right now. <laughs> she did look good. You're doing great. Yeah. If you can hold up apparel every once in a while in the background, <laughs> that would work. <laughs> yeah, no. Go, go to it, Evan. Well, hey, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. And uh, I know we, we kind of jumped into conversation a little bit, but uh, we really want to know Jesse, we kind of got this story from you. So, Mike, this is a little bit more targeted at yourself. Is Can you give us a little bit of introduction of yourself in cannabis? Not cannabis right now, but when you first started using it. I know you were kind of – you gave us a little bit of a story of your football career, and that was kind of chopped up a little bit. If you could tell us that again, that was a pretty cool intro. Yeah. Um, so, basically, uh, how I first got into cannabis, uh, which a lot of us were introduced by a friend's older brother – um, they kind of, we used to hang out at their house and they used to smoke a little. So when I was 13, I decided to give it a try. Um, I ended up not getting high, not understanding anything about cannabis. Um, but still every once in a while I'd smoke a little bit, be like, am I high? Am I not high? Or is it like maybe because we're smoking trash? <laughs> I, you know, I really did. I, I don't really think was, I ever questioned quality back then. Yeah. You I was know, just was happy to like, have it. I'm like, man, you know, there's, um, you used to get, this stuff from our buddy's dad that was like super wet and sticky and which was like this stuff's the best and then on the back end we used to get the brown dirty dirty um so that was a majority of what we smoked and the first time i smoked was the brown dirty dirty um so it was more of a headache i think we're still I talking about weed yeah. oh yeah we are <laughs> um, yeah that uh, somebody said to me once boy uh, this stuff's really good when you get that headache right behind the eyes and i'm thinking no no, no, <laughs> no when, when was that good want. dude i don't want, remember so. that eye. Um, oh, no. so my my introduction was definitely at a young age uh not to good cannabis uh like a lot of people that get introduced to it now yeah um, wasn't so lucky um and then uh, didn't smoke that much when I was a little bit younger till, like I said, introduced at 13, really started smoking at fifth, about four, late 14, 15 years old when I realized that uh, it helped my anxiety, it helped my ADHD. It you were able to identify it? I was able to identify it when I was that young. Yep. Um, and it was more of in the summer when we were hanging out with people, I would be really kind of nervous and then we'd smoke, I'd be nice and relaxed and I'd be chill <laughs> and I wouldn't really worry about what was going on. And that's the feeling that I enjoy and that's the feeling that I liked other than the racy feeling that I would get 
hanging out with people, just yeah, right. not understanding, you know, what it was at a young age, really the anxiety part of it, but understanding when I smoked, like, wow, I kind of chill out and I relax a little bit. And like, I kind of like this. Right. Um, I don't know if I ever had that feeling as a kid when I grew up. That's why maybe it was a later introduction in life. Yeah, like we were uh, talking I got about. I got high for the first time around some fucking assholes. To be completely honest, like it was. Uh, if if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Um, it was like in a garage, and I remember I, I ripped a bong and I was like choking. And this kid's is this kid's mom called, and we're not we. I'm not really friends with these people anymore. I don't even think they would listen. I don't know where they are at. But, you know, hope they're doing well. But. And this kid's mom calls, and I'm I'm like choking, you know, I don't even know what's going on. Basically, at this point, he looks at me, and goes, "Yo, shut the fuck up, my mom's gone." And I said, "Well, don't mind me, I'm fucking dying." First time here, high on weed, the whole room's spinning. That you know, everyone's looking at me all weird. So that was my first experience high, absolute like total downer, in my opinion. So it's only up from there, but. Oh yeah, no, that first time I melted in the couch, and I was like, "Whoa!" But no, care, you're right. I never had the experience of like a relaxing time. <laughs> my time first was. time, we didn't really know. I'm, like we. St- me and my three best friends at the time, we went and got a bag of commercial grade for 30 bucks off the local high school dealer. <laughs> I went and got some uh, basic plastic pipe my brother made out of like a Pepto-Bismol bottle and then went to the train tracks <laughs> near the crib, near my house where I was living at the time. We, we all get stoned. Well, we all think we're trying to get stoned. We smoke, go back to our friend Kyle's house and we're all sitting in his basement. You high? You high? You high? You're like, I don't know. Like, we just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Our friend Kyla disappeared. He comes walking down the stairs. He's got, like, cake, cookies. He's got every sweet treat in this thing, and his eyes are bloodshot red. And we're like, yeah, he's definitely high. So yeah, yeah. We all got to be something. You know? Well, let's follow his lead on this <laughs> yeah. one. We'll go there. But, yeah. I, I don't, like, but to have observed it in a way where I, I, I thought of it as being medicinal at all. So I, I didn't start off yeah, that way. I understood it at a young age that it helped me. It yeah. helped me in that. It just... Like I said, ADHD. I was always the hyper kid running Same around. Um, Kept you, know, you active, though, to, in the sense. Or did, or did that bring you down to a it, point where it, your clarity, it a little bit more clarity? Me, exactly. It brought me down to actually be able to think and control my thoughts, um, which was, you know, for the first time, being young, being able to, like, slow down a little bit mentally yeah. was amazing. Um, they had tried Ritalin for me, the whole ADHD thing, and I'm like, not happening. Didn't like it. Didn't like medicine at all at a young kind age. Kind of adverse as well. effects. Did you feel? Uh, so it does slowed that make me you down. More clouded. So it slowed head? me down. Was the Ritalin slowed me down to the point where I felt like a slug. Like yeah. I literally like felt like I remember when I was younger, just like, nah, this isn't for me. I don't. I don't want to be on this at all. So, um, like I said, didn't even really understand my transition to cannabis and using it to really help. I understood it helped, but I didn't really. I didn't have access to it. I didn't have money to be able to have it all the time. Um, I started growing it uh, like 16, 17 years old with um, one of my best friends growing up. Uh, we decided to throw some seeds in the ground and see what happened. Uh, grew a bunch of shit weed, but you know, that's what <laughs> we all, all did. Yours. Yeah, it was it, all it, yours. Yeah, it was all ours. At the um, time, it was the best weed on the planet. It was sure. the best weed, and I was, I was, like I said, super fortunate that um, you know, I had come out and told my family, yeah. uh, and they basically accepted the fact that I that I had used cannabis. They weren't really mad about it. They just didn't obviously want me to get in trouble from it. They didn't want it to take away from my athletics and school. So That's what I was gonna say to you, you were, you were a good athlete. You know, I mean, it was almost a. I was, yeah, I was. It would have been a high risk. Yeah, it, it <laughs> really was a high been, risk. It was a high risk. So, um, you know, during the season, I wouldn't use it as much. I uh, kind of would take time off from it, then go back to it. Take time off from it and go back to it. Uh, just, I mean, I was a high school kid. Like I said, didn't have a bunch of money to go buy it all the time. Uh, I wasn't really selling it. I would, you know, we every once in a while we'd 
you know, get a big bag of weed, roll up a couple of joints and sell them to your buddies and make a couple of bucks. Uh, but I really wasn't not really like, enterprising yeah, with it. And not, not in the, you know, at the beginning of high school, kind of towards the end of high school when I realized that you could actually make some money. And then from smoking a lot, um, I had made some good connections and I'd met some people from other towns. And then you met someone that's dad grows really good weed. And then you can finally get some, you know, decent weed. And, um, and then everyone that you smoked with, you know, like, oh shit, you show up to the party and you got that, you know, you got the good you weed. You got the good weed. Yeah, you got the good weed. Yep, which uh, this guy always had too, right here, early, early, early. Jesse Is that a always, fact? You Jesse had it always, early on? yeah, he always had the good, good weed. And, um, you were and hooking up the parties. He was fucking coming oh, through. He was clutch. He was clutch. He was came through my, my father, uh, that, time yeah, and like his people, but. I would go to, like, literally, I would show up to parties. I wouldn't even have it bagged. I'd go to my father's house and just dip into his bags, like, handfuls and stuff my pockets and show up to parties and just be trading bud for beer and shit like that and just smoking <laughs> up the whole party. So, from, yeah, from early, like I said, Jesse always had the good, the good stuff, and we had a, a few other buddies that we could always reach out to. Um, but I, like, you know, it, it was one of those things where in high school you'd... I still wanted to hide it. I didn't want everyone to kind of know that I smoked. Uh, yeah. You know, I was like showing up to, you know, friends, you know, my friends' houses, even though my eyes were bloodshot red, I was, you know, spraying cologne on, trying to cover it up, even though everyone knew I smoked at that point. Yeah. Popping in that All that. But, you know, I didn't let it take away from, from my athletics. Um, I was, like I said, I was super fortunate to earn a scholarship, uh, Division One AA school to go play football. I found uh, really good focus and clarity with some. I, I like to explore like painting uh, and doing. And so sometimes like getting into it, smoking before would allow like a clarity in that you can clear, uh, the, your mind becomes blank as well with the canvas. It and definitely you does. start to work within it. It definitely And does. I found that in sports as yeah. well when yeah. I smoke. I found that with uh, playing cards. I used to be a big, you know, internet gambler yeah, you know, or whatever. The, Back when that time was pretty popular. Um, and, uh, you know, getting high and playing all, all fucking night, you know, four hours, you were doing it to be high and playing cards as much, but, but when it transcended to, uh, house games and all that, and you could be high with all them, dude, it was so good. Yeah. Like when people are around each other doing that, enjoying it, were there enough pockets in high school too, for you? Um, those people who were, yeah. There were enough yeah. of you who knew each other. Enough of us that knew each other, for yeah. you know. Yeah, we, so we that were, makes it pretty tight. Yeah. yeah, we were all really close. A lot of people um, from my hometown were still really, really close. Uh, from you know other people from other towns, like man, you guys still all stay in touch. I don't know what it was about us, but uh, we were all really good. We all took care of each other. We all helped each other out, and it's kind of manifested into to how it is today with a bunch of us that are um, from the same town that are all in the cannabis industry and we've all reached out to each other. We all help each other out. Uh, any questions, anything, we can reach out to each other. We know we're there to have each other's back from day one, from when we were little to where we are now. So that's been pretty, pretty dope. It does seem like uh, in the uh, structure that you guys have going across and the people who know each other within that group, uh, that, that's not as common as I've seen in other- It's it, not common. It, it's actually very uncommon. Uh, it was because partly we've had this migration into the state over the years from a lot of people who were out of state. Yep. I'm sure there were relationships made even with them, depending on how they were introduced to the group, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, but, totally. But to the benefit of everybody, I mean, there's no doubt right now what we're seeing, the collaborations and some of the partnerships and the workings in, in the industry has been impressive as shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Want to care to speak on that, either one of you? 
Um, I mean, just just collab wise and reaching out and working with other people uh, and meeting these people uh, that have the same goals and the same vision in this cannabis industry has been really, really cool. Um, I've been, when I first started, I kind of only worked with a few, a few companies. I kind of stayed pretty small. I kind of stayed behind the scenes. It was more of building the brand and getting my brand out there. Yeah. Um, and then people understanding that I had access to all this really good cannabis and being able to, to get it from me. But then as did the you, demand Did you grew, pull that in? Or are you the inner workings to have pulled this particular group together? Yep. Or, or unify it even more yes. in that sense? Yep. And, I, and it's not to... Not to change, everybody has, the more we start doing business together, the more you realize that people all have roles oh, that they, they should assume and be a part of in this Yep, uh, to I make mean, it successful. I've kind of reached out to everyone, uh, all the companies, like all the people that we've grown up with, kind of talked to them, told them about my vision. Um, and it's pretty much aligned with, with everybody in, in the group. And then along with all the people that we've met uh, and the people that I work with now and the people that I've you know, reached out to and looking forward to working with uh, mm-hmm. has been great. I mean, you know, we've met some people in the industry that, you know, you kind of, you meet them and you feel them out and you decide like, you know, maybe you just don't want to work with that person. Um, you, you meet a lot of people that uh, we've come across that have been, like I said, their their visions aligned with what we want to do, uh, the way they think of cannabis. Um, it's not, which I, I always kind of revert to, it's not all about the money in this industry. Uh, it's really not all about that. And people kind of trying to make a fast buck, they, you know, just don't want to work with those people. Longevity has Long- got to be the play a yeah. little bit more. literally took the words out of my mouth. Like, you know, longevity. That's, that's got to be the hardest part, though, too. Like, able, the more you can identify who's, who's what, their, what their next plan is. Yeah. Because I think uh, with what's happening, and this might be a good way of uh, talking about it, what's happening on a state level, the introduction of new policy. Yeah. It kind of threatens uh, caregivers yeah. of all sizes currently who have decided that they want to stay in medical. Yeah. Um, you know, I was on a Zoom meeting with a, a group, and it was uh, Maine Craft Cannabis. It was uh, a good friend of mine, Tim Planet Tim, uh, a few other people who I'm not going to be able to shout out because I'm not good at shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I don't know, but they were there. Yeah. <laughs> but the but the gist of it was uh, was about tackling that issue. You know, I mean, getting. That unification. That's it. Unifying with people that all want to work together to have a common goal. Maybe not the same goal, but a common goal. We all mm. kind of want different things. We're different people. Everyone's born and bred in different places. Uh, it influences kind of, you know, how you think about things, how, how your business works, how the people uh, you bring in around you. Uh, you know, I tried to keep friends and family. Uh, Maddie is actually um, really the only person that I have um, <coughs> that I kind of, you know, I put something out online, hey, looking for, you know, looking for some help. Went through like 15 people and he stood out. So, I mean, he's really the only one that's not close to me that I've grown up with, that I've brought in on the business. Sure. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, everyone's been just really close to me. Uh, and I got really lucky with, with Maddie. And actually, me, Andrew, Andrew, my, my delivery driver, like the, the face of the company, man, he's, he's gold. Yeah, he's you were talking about him earlier. Boy, he handles boy, that we, world, oh, huh? Boy do, we, boy, do we love him uh, and give him all the praise in the world. He's like, I always say, it, he's the oil for the company. Like, without him, it would, it would be tough to operate. And all these guys see how much that he does for yeah. us. And, do you uh, like where you're at, size-wise, and um, what you're offering? Now, now, to be a little bit more specific... 
I, I don't want to generalize what uh, what bees needs, what you guys are up to. Yeah. Can you offer, can you give a brief description about services? Yes, yeah, service-wise. And then, um, Jesse, I'd like to get into talking to you a bit uh, yeah. about this after, too. Yeah, um, so service-wise, what we have always offered was our delivery. Yeah. Um, delivery of higher-end uh, cannabis medical products for people that can't get their hands on, um, say, wholesalers. Mm -hmm. You know, if you reach out to some of these wholesalers that are, you know, selling large amounts, they're not going to meet up with you and sell an eighth or a quarter or whatnot. So, no, right. so I kind of tried to, uh, you know, work with these companies that you want to be the bridge kind of, yeah, be the bridge, um, and make it easy for people to kind of feel free to reach out to me. Um, and so I offered the delivery service and then we started to get into in a the pretty wholesale. vast area too as yeah. well, right? More oh, centered yeah. on Southern Maine, Southern Maine or? um, Southern Maine, but, uh, <coughs> I mean, we've been Kittery, Arundel, uh, Hollis, Standish, uh, Buxton. Um, What's like a hot zone for you? As far um, as where do you guys do a lot of deliveries? Biddeford. Biddeford? Biddeford here? Yeah, Lewiston Biddeford. by the sea, baby. Yeah, yeah. Biddeford, Saco, Old Orchard. Um, probably the three, our three beasts right there. Mm -hmm. Biddeford, Saco, Old Orchard. They, and it's been a couple years? Four, so four, four. years. Four yeah. years yep. as a delivery service? Yep, so we've been around for four years. I was actually, as crazy as this sounds, I was on Weed Maps when it was free. <laughs> no that's, way. Yeah, so that's, yeah, I've been around that's for like a little while. like somebody saying they were the first caregiver for me. Come yeah, on. So I've been around for a, a little while. Um, yeah, that was crazy. The first time they called and said, oh, so we're going to have to start charging you. And I'm like, what? You're going to start charging me? I was like, shit, this has been free for like a year. Well, this was a good gig. Yeah, this was the best yeah. gig ever. It was like, it's I got to, I got that's to get how off. They got, that's how yeah. they got you in there. Exactly. I got to get off Craigslist and get on something, you know, legit. Yeah. It, was, it was great. <laughs> right. It was great. And they wanted to charge me. Like, What's ah. not legit about Craigslist. You yeah. want to go into that topic, guys? I mean, we can. We can definitely get into that topic. You I sold mean, weed on Craigslist. Hold on, wait, yeah. yeah, we can't go past that. You sold weed on Craigslist. I've seen it on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, so I sold weed on, you have? on Craigslist. Yeah. I actually sold my first eighth off Craigslist. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, Jess, you can laugh. <laughs> Craigslist, the Craigslist hustle. It's real, man. It was real back the in the day. The hustle's out That's here. Awesome. Yeah. There's signs oh, that, that awesome. say weed on cardboard all, all the time in the area. Unbelievable. There's a demand yeah. or a supply. I'm not sure which they're doing. Yeah, but. right. The, I mean, the demand is there. Now the supply, well, the quality supply. Quality supply. Um, there's supply and then there's quality supply. Um, I've come across a lot of not quality cannabis in the past two years. Really in the past two years is when I've seen a lot of uh, just kind of, maybe you know what we call mids show up. Sure. Yeah. Evan, uh, Evan, when you want to ask him about this, uh, Evan's got this theory and wants to know people's kind of individual take on it. Yeah. What about a quality point? level, the rubric. What do you mean? Well, you're using the eye, you're, judging every all the product that comes in oh yeah what do you base it off of like what are you looking for oh, most of oh the time? yeah how i said that i wish there was like god i wish he, he was rubric. high on that part no, <laughs> no, no i wasn't them. i wasn't you're like oh this i was or like, jesse what, what are you yeah. let, no, a little bit of both let me, uh, i'd like uh, to hear from both of I'll you i'll say that. let me f i'll tell you a little bit more about structure of our business let me okay. let me finish okay, that yeah, sure. um so like i said the delivery service and now gone to wholesale um and wholesale was to uh kind of work with companies that didn't like in the Lewiston Auburn area. So we're at, at Cure now, uh, Humble Family Farms. Mm -hmm. uh, so we started working with them. Um, 
people started reaching out to me like, hey, can I get your products? How can I get your products? And we were like, well, we have our delivery service, but we would only go, you know, really kind of Portland was as far as we, we went. So we started to open up wholesale wise uh, to be able to service more of Maine and be able to get more of our Grab product, the larger products market or potentially yeah, a larger yeah, market. Definitely to get the larger market. Offering them through most companies have delivery services or into, well, yeah, into their stores. About yeah, into, into stores, stores. yeah, into the, the stores. The location of the delivery service, okay, so is there a reason, why don't people do like more hubs or in the sense of like deliver to farther areas? Is it because you? it's like the licensing of like, how do you, is it hard to license something? Like say if you wanted to put a hub in Lewis and Auburn that way you could deliver Lewis and Auburn yep. and even potentially Augusta. Is there a lot of legal ramifications and costs that prevent people from wanting to do that? Because I see it a lot and to me, it's like, well, you're not that far from Portland, so why don't you get why you don't drive? And like do, I guess, logistically, because it would be kind of a nightmare. But, yeah. you know, I, I just I didn't know what stops a delivery service from going geographically everywhere in the sense other than like your far reaches. Although Medco, I've heard, goes up to Rangeley and beyond. They'll deliver anywhere in the state of Maine. So, yeah, that's that's wild. That's, that's awesome. Um, nuts. I wish I wish I could do that. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's a cheap by block. That's why I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. Um, I mean, we have about too much goes into how to do that. Yeah, it's kind of a half hour radius that we do. Mm -hmm. um, that means if you know, my driver goes out, he's a half hour out, he's a half hour back, that's an hour in between appointments. Right. Um, so for efficiency, we try to keep it within that half, half hour range. Mm -hmm. um, we don't want people waiting that long as well. They can't so, be carrying more than one order with them. Is that the way it's written or, or so can they have multiples? They can have, through yeah, the they can have uh, multiple, they can have multiple orders and multiple trip tickets on them. It gets a little funky when that happens. We've been really fortunate to have a safe, secure pickup location. Yeah. Um, and that's been huge. So we have a lot of people that kind of just come to us uh, and make it really, really, really simple. Oh, that is it's almost like a drive-through, um, but it's not a drive-through. No, no, well, it could impossibly yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think <laughs> you can do it. Set it up. I, the, I could have a sweet drive-through. <laughs> did you ever see the drive-through that was out west? That like they got you through know, the loophole by making they took over like an old car wash, <laughs> and that way they shut you in on both sides, so you technically weren't driving through anymore. You're like in the building. That's amazing. That would be that a is. cool idea. I'm waiting for someone in Maine to do that because I am fucking lazy and I do not want to get out of my car sometimes to go get, like, I, I don't know. It's just me. Like, at first it was like the store experience. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes I guess it is. But now there really isn't, no offense to the stores, there's not a whole lot of store experience anymore with COVID. It's just kind of how it is. You know, yeah. there's not that whole yeah. uh, shop talk as much, especially because they can only have a certain amount of people. Normally there's a line. It's relatively rushed and it's no fault on either party, but it is. It's just like the shop experience has kind of gotten taken out. So please, someone make a damn drive through for Yeah, seriously. And we actually try to give that shop experience um, when you when you come and see us. Uh, we want to make sure, like I said, with the customer service is huge for us. We want to make sure that, um, you know, you can eye test everything. Um, you can You can smell everything. Can we get that? Yeah, I was going mean, to say, is like, there a way of battling the uh, the smell part? And I'm not, you know, I mean, so I, I think mean, it's important. We worked in stores. We thought huge. that was huge it's part huge. of the experience. So basically setting a jar aside that people can smell, giving them the option, hey, listen, you can smell it if, if you want, if, if not. And then that jar is done when the strand's done. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, basically... One jar they can smell. That's it. They right. don't, you know. That's how I've. Kind no, of you got to be able to give it a sacrifice. You got to sacrifice something. That has um, to be the biggest complaint from patients that I hear a lot from about stores is that like I can't I can't look at it. I, I yeah. can't touch it. I get the whole not touching part. Yeah, okay? the touching. We don't we yeah. don't let people you know get their hands. Oh, on in the early I mean, like, years on the store, there were yeah. too many hands that did get on the bottom. I'm like shit. Yeah, we got to change that rule. You can't, yeah. can't do that. But I mean, the change when the dude walked out with a half pound of Gorilla Glue. Yeah, remember that? Fuck you, Lewiston. 
Yeah, <laughs> see you later. Um, luckily, we haven't had any incidences, anything crazy like that. But um, yeah, I mean, being able to to have that full experience where you do want to see it, you do want to smell it. Um, it's it's the biggest part. When I go to a dispensary, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to be able to look at it. I want to smell it. I don't want to just blindly buy something. Um, you're not blindly buying a car. You're not blindly buying clothes. You're not blindly buying really anything. There's nothing that you just blindly buy. Um, yeah, you're buying with your eyes and your nose. Yeah. It's just, although a weed mystery box would be kind of cool now that you think about it. Like, I, you know, for like a connoisseur, like being able to blind buy something like from a company, although it'd be really hard to ship it. As long as you get oh, trust, yeah, you trust have to, that yeah. company. Oh, yeah, like for sure. Really yeah, there's got to be a trust factor And this was like a third party yeah. company that just searched out like gas products and Ugh. dropped it off to you like a mystery <laughs> box every month. Yeah. We never know how convenience is going to shape the market in the future. Yeah. I mean, delivery. I mean, you, can de you can assume it now for what it is. Yeah. Delivery is kind of, I always thought was the way to go. Um, I mean, you see companies like Grubhub and uh, companies that operate without a big main base mm -hmm. where you don't have a huge facility where you have to put a bunch of people to operate. Uh, you know, you look at that business structure and I'm like, delivery is kind of the way to go. I just well, hope yeah, that if you think about it, I mean, from a simplistic point of view, you're using someone else's asset to help bolster the business. And exactly. that's what's great about, like, you know, you don't have to go ahead and make this massive investment in transportation. You're part of the job is you got to have your own car and it's, it's a delivery job, you know. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a power move for a lot of companies. It really is. I mean, now, I mean, we are looking for storefront space. Um, people have been bugging me for a year to get, you know, years to get a storefront. So um, I've been looking for a year, but I'm really picky with location. What would you be looking for out of, if you're going to make it that brick and mortar, what are you looking for to, like now you're thinking identity a little bit yeah. more hard, right? or um, hardcore, right? What we're really looking for is something in the Southern Maine area, like Kittery. Um, yeah. That's like Kittery, York, down in that area. I want if I want the out-of-staters, I want to get them coming in the state and stopping to see me, and I want to get them leaving the state, stopping to see me, and then I want my, you know, my regular people that are kind of in the southern mm -hmm. Maine area to still have, have reached to me without going too, too far. Southern yep. Maine's uh, kind of a pain in the ass, though, huh? That's what I've heard. Like, yeah. With regulation and stuff, yep. they're very, very, very hard to get through. With a it lot of is. I've, uh, I have a consultant that actually does a lot of work for me. She's been wonderful. Uh, Maine Cannabis Consultants, shout, shout out to them. Um, Amanda's been amazing. She's helped me a lot. Uh, anybody needs any help that hears this reach out to her she's a she's a saint <laughs> she's a saint for sure use discount code main podcast to get 10 percent off <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i don't think it works like that don't go ahead and say that to her she'll probably give you a confused look yeah she'll be confused for sure jesse um we we touched on this a little while ago and i think we talked a little bit with uh, about the rubric about i i'm i just want to shift towards you product. are in love with this damn rubric. Jesse's the like, product. what fucking rubric are you talking about? He has the same response I have. No one knows about this damn no? rubric. Jesse, come on. You got nothing to say on this? <laughs> I'm a rubric. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, you guys are in, around enough of your flower and, uh, and obviously around enough of other people's product and flower that you start to assume, you know, I mean, take names out of the equation. You're looking at the pound still. Well, what is it that you look for when you're looking in a pound, you know? I mean... What qualities? First, I, it's got that overall look. It's just it. Yeah, you obviously want it. You know, you obviously want it to have appeal and look. Um, you definitely want it to have its perfume or you know, or loudness. What you know, like you want to, you want to smell the flower. You don't want to smell, you know, uh, uncured, un, improperly taken care of flower. Um, there's there's a couple different factors too because different strains grow differently, you know what I mean? So not everything is gonna have 
the same exact look. You know what I mean? And some stuff may not be the most frosty looking, but has amazing flavor, you know, if, if you're able to smoke it before. Um, You've been talking, uh, we talked a little bit a while ago about uh, you potentially or probably in the future getting into breeding yeah. or like into what do you do you get into breeding for the idea of like uh, what you want to create for like uh the like a, a plant and the flavors it can bring like crossing like that yeah I'm or is it create, like structures yeah create more flavors um and maybe rework some um i really want to focus on um afghanis ogs chems that real gas sour flavor type and then I really want to go back and work with a blueberry. A blueberry, a blueberry. yeah. There, yeah. You, there used to be really good blueberry back in. I, I think in you high mentioned school. this in the first. Uh, and this in the was first an old dude who used to grow it. This outdoor blueberry it was not mob, but like it was the sweetest blueberry I've ever to this day come across. Nothing has ever even come close to it, and I just think there's very little to any good blueberry strains on the, at any dispensary and in anyone's garden. So I, I don't understand why, because when I was a, when I was coming up, like that was and that was the strain when, that was worked that was with. If you bed, think you have it? a really good blueberry strain, please holler at oh, me. Oh yeah, please yeah. holler at me. Please, I'll buy it all. So it would have. So is that we we talked a little bit about first generation growers, mean? Yeah. It would exist probably there if it's going yeah. to exist. Yeah, it's definitely probably locked up in some old heads. You know, closet or basement. <laughs> They're holding it ransom. What's the price? I what do you think the price is going to be on this? Just, <laughs> There's people that like collect seeds, though, the two like pretty religiously. Yeah. And like, I, I've seen some people on Instagram, like, um, oh, he listens to what is it, Smoking Steve? He's like big on the Masonic and he has like, a, he always like, he's always at the strip club, like putting like breeder stickers on like on people's <coughs> butts and stuff. And like, that's how he gets clout from it. Like, good for him, honestly. It's pretty cool to watch. Um, but he, he, like, made his way out west from the east by selling his, like, stash of seed packs. And he sold them for, like, a pretty good price, each one. And I was really impressed because it, I think I never realized how big of a market seeds were. And I remember my friend, who's no longer uh, really in the industry at all, he lives out west now. Um, he was saying, you know, he always thought, he's like, oh, well, you should grab these. And this was 10 plus years ago. He's like, and save them. They're going to become big. And some of them have. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, you know, it was like the guy that told me to buy Bitcoin back in <laughs> 2000 and whatever. Oh. I should have done it. Oh, absolutely. I think you can invest in certain strains of seeds and hold on to them. You know, stuff that becomes great and fades off, you know, be able to revive it down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Headband. I'm stop. I'm just gonna say like, or what? What, what was the other Headband's one too? One of them. Blue uh, Dream. Blue uh, Dream. God damn, I love some Blue Dream. And cream from Exotic for me is one of them. I think it's really cool that you guys, uh, as an industry, kind of get to shape the whole uh, menu for what we're all going to get into. Yeah. So being able to become distinct or or share some and, and see how well how the differences come out in the phenomes of oh, yeah. what's grown by the other guy of the same it's it's remarkable or similarities we've had this that's, conversation that's a lot of fun. we've had the conversation about uh you know two people having the same cut but um one person you know might hit the other person out and be like how'd you do that like like yeah. well, what's going on like we have the same cut but yours just looks way different um is that when the tech sharing begins well, yeah, well <laughs> uh you know we, we do keep certain things in house that we don't want other people to know sure. um i mean there's tips and tricks to, to everything yeah um i mean we relate a lot of our 
good cannabis to the positive energy that we bring to the plan itself, to the grow every day. We're there because we love it. We love what right. we do. We yeah, love you guys are to consume by this. We it's we're connoisseurs first. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone in the company, uh, you know, they really you know want to smoke good medicine and they want to have really good product and they want to get it from someone they trust. So that's, you know, one of the things that we kind of, you know, we built on is you I, know building the trust to have that really quality product all the time. I'll speak to Carrie's mention of the rubric. And I think it's important to say what you just said too. It's, it, it, that's the one thing that sucks though, is there's a lot of times where I've been out and about, um, and someone will say, this is gas. And one, I think the word gas is thrown around way that too much. To, that Good to go away. Stop yeah. Stop now. Stop I know. It. Like, stop okay, calling one, everything gas. Yeah, not everything. Gas is like an adjective to describe like a certain type of it's smell and taste. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, no, exactly. But it's just... It, it, so and then you're like well one this isn't gas and two it's not good weed you know so yeah. it, it, that's what sucks now is that there is a lot of people that have clouded vision on what is good cannabis and what is not and it does suck because some growers aren't honest with themselves some people some consumers aren't honest with their stores and I get yeah. why listen but- if you're not going to hype yourself up or hype your stuff up by calling it gas uh, then you, I mean yeah you've got to show it with the end product but uh, 100%. you're not going to sell it if you don't say that too and to, for some people no I, I get the sales yeah, no. tactic of it but I think that that's what speaks to like the sense of I wish there was a rubric of someone that like this is what meets high quality standard yeah. because oh, it yeah. is like you know it's like glass, gas to me is more of a flavor type than oh absolutely we talked about this last time too yeah, about petrol so yeah. are you guys interested in doing this can we get like say 20 participants in People who you know who you would trust, like uh, palette wise and stuff, and have a, like a smoke up and just Dude, like please enjoy it like that. Yeah, yeah. we're down for. Can we do that? Like that? Absolutely, we're down. Okay, for but we need help networking. We'll we'll yeah, do our part, but yeah, we need you guys you. to reach out too. That'd be yeah. a lot of fun to That'd do easy, yeah. as an event goes. Yeah. Please, yeah. Like let us I know. Like we feed you. Together. We can make something happen here. We can do yeah, whatever. As long as we're smoking, hanging out, talking about good cannabis, and we have good people, we're down. Yeah. Well, that's and matters. that's it. To be able to see, so we we've, we've been seeing a lot of like patients and people who are kind of parts of cultivations or parts of groupings, but yeah. but to see like um, sometimes get that time with the people who are operating it. I know, I know you guys got a shitload going on, so that's a, that's the a harder, yeah, more we all have a shitload remarkable going on, but thing we can make to do. time for it. We can make time for stuff. Like we'll that. have entertainment too. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, let's pimp this. I don't know how the fire. fuck we got here, but all right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so it's back a good to, time. Tell me so that to, to me that's something I'd love to do. Of what okay. is the description down. down. Cool. Okay, go ahead. Let's Evan. get back get to like, some stuff. Yeah. Well, what we were talking about, I don't know. Carrie, yeah, all of a sudden, like, y'all want to get to y'all want to get together and smoke? Y'all want to get together and smoke? Like, all right, can we plan it right now while we're in the middle of the fucking show? Can we plan a date? Y'all know what time? Do you we're gonna go? We're gonna plan. No, okay. No, it's just eight lines. I think that gas is gas is definitely I think thrown around way too much. And what is it? But what else? What else is used? Oh, jeez. Um, you think it's like gas? I mean, like fruit, I think, should be brought into a little bit more uh, like fruity or I don't know what to describe, like sweet, I guess people would say. I mean, you have the, I mean, you have obviously, like I said, gas is thrown we around used to a lot. say back in the day, like we used to be like, it, you know, that's that heady bud, that's that kind bud, you know. Fire. You know, fire, but like, yeah, the gas thing, I think for connoisseurs and people who have been smokers for a long time, that's who, that's who the gas thing is really pissing off. Yeah, like, it, and it you're does. like, shit, oh, you hear gas and you, you know that. I'm expecting some like GMO stank yeah, shit, like so some gas. Yeah, so your alarm start ringing yeah. off, then yeah. you show up to the dispensary and it's like, 
shit, this smells like hay and lemons. Like, this is not gas. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. want the hay and You get let down more, probably nine times out of ten when, you know, you hear that. No, and there is, like, and I almost think it's a, to me, and to counter what Carrie was saying, which I do get the sales technique part of it. That's, like, a total thing for sure. But to me, as, like, a consumer, I feel like I would be more apt to buy something if someone labeled it properly. Like, in yeah, the sense absolutely. of, like, if someone's like, hey, this is a little yep. bit more earthy, a little bit more berry, you know, but you might like it. It's definitely worth a try. Versus if someone's like, yo, this is some gas. This is that petrol. And then you smell it, and you're like, well, this smells like a damn watermelon. This ain't gas. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, it's definitely a double-edged sword, but... You guys probably noticed that a lot too with growing. When do you guys have to make a selection? Like, I know, are you making it more off of what you think is going to be coming up, or what is like in the moment? Because there's a lot of planning that goes into it, and there's time between think, acquiring and putting it into production. I think there's legitimately like 20 real distinct flavors to cannabis. Like real distinct, distinct. You know, kind of like the berries, your earth tones. Your gassy tones, your citruses, um, you know, just kind of focus in each area. Find a strain for each area mm -hmm. just and to try to hit everything. I don't see the fruits really taking off in Maine like it did. Like, I, I feel like that was a really big thing out in California. And I feel like a lot of people look out west to see what's coming here. But it seems like Maine has been gas with the GMO and really wants to stay there, you know, with like the gassy strains. It seems to love that. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I agree. I agree. The gassy strains have always done well, have always done, you know, have done better on the market uh, money-wise as well. I mean, people, like I said, they, they look for that. Like I said, I mean, when you, you misuse the word gas, but when you really look for that gas, gas, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you might have to pay a little more for it. That's what I've noticed, yeah, definitely. I think, I think the sour chem OG real flavor, when people really get, in, get the real taste of it, it's just that flavor that everybody loves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just that general flavor that from cannabis, that skunky sour that is just mm -hmm. so enjoyable. Yeah. No, and it has, like, a distinct hit, too. Yeah. We, we talked about out west. Have you guys, uh, Jesse, we might have talked about this with you a little bit, but, uh, Mike, have so you ever gotten a chance to venture out there at all or, or see any of the cannabis cups or... or you know, or anything outside of the main cannabis industry? Yeah, I have. So I've been to Colorado and I've been to California. Um, <laughs> I was in Colorado a few years ago and went to a few different dispensaries. Uh, got to chat with some people out there. Uh, and then same thing when I was in Southern California, went into a few dispensaries, got to chat with some people out there. Um, I really didn't come across anything that blew me away. Right. Um, from concentrates to edibles, you know, to flour. Mm -hmm. uh, the and the best. price wasn't probably crazy low at that point either. No, huh? it, it wasn't crazy low. It, I mean, it wasn't crazy high. It, right. it was what I kind of expected to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, I walked out of there being like, all right, you know, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, now I think they're getting a lot of people yeah. with how low the price is. Like, the, everybody's like, I can get an eighth for 15 bucks in Colorado. I'm like, yeah, holy fuck, uh, you know? Yeah, but the, like, I mean, it's pretty good. The cannabis wasn't yeah, great in Colorado. Yeah, but they can still sell an eighth for 100 bucks in Colorado, too. Yeah, because, like, yeah, there is those companies that, that's the craziest part about it is the, the really, the really range. top end. That yeah. still happens. So, mm -hmm. you know, just to... I went out to Oregon and I, I was, this was, what was this, four years ago or so? And this was when everyone was like, oh, Oregon's market is crap, da, 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 da. And I, I didn't go a lot of places. I did go to one shop that was crap for sure. But it was more so like that neighborhood shop that's been around, probably was the first one, you know, and, and no, no real reinvestment has ever been made. It's just kind of like there and doing business. And like, yeah. you know, has like the beads that you go through at the door and all that. And like the weird time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. And so, and it was cool. Um, 
So, but the other one I went to, it was like in an old bank and they had completely redone it. And I remember I got an eighth, it was like normal price, like 25, 30 bucks. And it was like a, a hybrid, you know, sun grown. So it's greenhouse, but it would, you know, they use Gavitas and stuff like that. Um, and that was some really, really good bud. And I was shocked because when I went out there, I was like totally under the impression that I was going to get super cheap, bud, which it, I mean, it wasn't crazy expensive, but it wasn't like a $10 eighth and it was going to suck. And it didn't really check either of those boxes. And I think it's just like people in Maine, you could say that about certain places here. Oh yeah. It's so crazy about like the geographics of where you are really play a big role in what you're going to get for a flavor profile. Like you were saying, Jesse, and mm -hmm. what quality you're going to get overall. Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest parts of why we have such great quality in Maine is our our water, what we're using to to grow with. Um, depend, you know, some cities don't really have it, but um, for the most part, if, if you're in Maine growing, you're growing with Poland Springs water, like bottled water, literally yeah. out the tap in in certain areas. Yeah, no, and I mean, like in Auburn, too, you're you're using a right out of Lake Auburn. You know, you drive by it, so you can see the water source. It's it's definitely different than uh, watering in New York City, I'd say. Yeah, we have extreme, you know, we have really clean air up here. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I attain most of it to it. Like I said, I think everyone knows how to grow, for, you know, from here, from the east to the west. But I just think overall we have some, we have cleaner water than most of the country. Yeah. Maybe and other than northern Maine and the Pacific Northwest. Do any of y'all have uh, any experience with growing outdoors, like as far as, you know, kind of more of like the... The cowboy days, like, you know, yep. before it was really indoor, it, did you utilize a lot of, like, natural water at that point, or were you bringing in your own, like, you yeah, know? Yeah, you try to, we try to find, you know, in general, uh, a rule of thumb would be is try to find a water source that would be within, like, 25 to 50 yards of wherever you were planting. And we, right. I would always try to, you know, I was taught from my father, I always try to plant in the ground 25 to 50 yards out, and for the most part, your plant wouldn't need water. It would always be close enough where it, it would was always just... be close enough to draw water, so you'd just be kind of showing up to top dress feed. And then if it hadn't watered, you'd be having to lug some. I mean, if it hadn't rained for a while, you would have to lug some water out into the woods. But yeah, other than that, yeah, that's about how we got our water. And then sometimes, if I know some groups that would have to like find, they'd find a pond or a, a water source, and then just run a pump, you mm -hmm. know, and plumbing all the way up to the garden. Yeah, I've seen some. Uh... Some setups, not in person, just on like videos and whatnot. Some people that like, use like almost like an aqueduct system too, where they'll build like gravity fed, you know, and there it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, downhill, absolutely. <laughs> the innovation in the cannabis industry is crazy. And I think it's because of the, the tight circumstances that their cannabis growers, store owners and extractors are always put under. Yep. It constantly causes people to have to innovate and create and, you know, try to find another way to do something. That's, yeah, always trying to find another way to do something, trying to, trying to make it a little bit better to to make things better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Did Kerry sit back down and join us again? Uh, not yet. No, nah, you did. still got Maddie. Where Matt. is he? Oh, Maddie came back. Yeah, yeah Matt, Maddie jumped down here for, for a minute. Nice, awesome. So, Maddie, w give us a little bit of introduction of yourself here. Um, obviously, you are from, I sorry, I, I spaced it again. Where are you from, Matt? I'm from Hamden, up Ham around Bangor area. Oh, that's right, Bangor, Maine. Bangor. Yeah, good old Bangor. Bangor. And you were, you were talking to us before, you're a big sports guy. That's kind of where you originally started out, which it's funny because Mike's also a sports guy too. And Jesse, I don't know, did you play basketball in high school? Oh, Jesse? yeah, big athlete. <laughs> <laughs> big body, big athlete. Big body. <laughs> football and basketball. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I would not want to uh, see you on the line. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to look you in the eyes, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good, coach. Uh, actually, back, actually, back in high school, I was uh, 
wicked skinny, dude. Like I was. He was definitely skinny. I was skin and bones, like literally super tall but lanky as shit. Were you a receiver? Uh, yeah, I was a wide receiver and a tight end, but I played basketball mostly. Yeah. Um, because I had I rolled with a squad that was really good. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, so you were the tall kid that was around, <laughs> around like all the kids that are really good. You're like, yeah, uh, yeah I'm exactly. in. I'm set for life. Uh, exactly. So Matt, you uh, talk a little bit about yourself. Uh, the introduction to you know cannabis with you. We kind of talked a little bit with Mike and. Yeah, yeah, go right from there. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I started using cannabis back in high school. Uh, it's funny, I look back now, I was the kid on the hockey team that would get annoyed when other people would be using cannabis and stuff when it all started. And then I want to say like junior year of high school, some of my buddies tricked me. I'd been drinking, and they told me it was a cigarette, and that's the type of friends I hung out with back then. But, uh, uh. Um, so you had the same experience as me with the asshole people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like, man, this, this feels a little different than a normal normal cigarette, guys. Is this and, a camel unfiltered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the rest is kind of history from there. I found that it was kind of like one of those things, and I've heard a lot of pro athletes say this, you're fed all these lies, propaganda, whatever you want to tell it about, oh, you can't smoke and be an athlete, you can't smoke and do this, and then all of a sudden I would smoke, and I think we had kind of talked about it earlier, yeah. but the game almost slowed down in yeah. front of me. I mean, I, I wouldn't smoke before a game back when I was playing competitively or anything, but now I go to men's league sometimes, I'm like, all right, let's 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 do this, and the game slows down, and it's a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, right, it feels like slow pitch. Kerry <laughs> <laughs> was fucking being serious, too. <laughs> he goes, slow pitch, that's my favorite sport. He goes, no, it feels like slow pitch. So <laughs> but yeah, and then so uh, I went to school up in Orno right around home um, and obviously smoked through there but I actually my sports background kind of carried on through there because I went to school for sports journalism um, so I would co cover college hockey for a while um, which that was I was saying earlier it seemed glamorous and it's cool to cover sports but it's not all it's cracked up to be uh, hard, hard work but yeah and then I moved on to the glamorous life of a healthcare analyst, a risk analyst. Oh, you um, went from exciting job to exciting job. Oh, bro, you have <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Um, but then the big event that kind of drove me into it was uh, my brother and I had been dabbling, kind of growing on our own at home. And I kind of moved away at that point, but we'd yep. come home and help him. But uh, our dad got diagnosed with ALS. Mm -hmm. And we actually found that after trying all kinds of pharmaceuticals and trying every other treatment, we could find that... Um, the best cure for his symptoms that slowed him down with ALS, um, with like cramping, twitching, muscle spasm, stuff like that, was surprisingly marijuana. Um, took a little bit of time for us to convince him because he was a 24-year Navy vet, so the idea of him and marijuana was like, you know, Adam, the garden and Eve and everything, you know, the forbidden apple. But um, once he started trying tinctures and stuff and food, um, he realized that it was just the only cure he had for those symptoms that allowed him to live functionally in the time that he had left. Um, and that kind of bred um, a great interest. That was the first time in my life that I saw on a personal level the medical aspect of cannabis. Um, I'd obviously, obviously been a recreational user for many years and I saw that it had benefits in some ways, but I, anytime someone would be like, oh, medicine, you know, there's always kind of that reaction, that propaganda reaction that's been pushed in your head by all these, just, oh, medicine, yeah, okay, dude. Like, uh, and it kind of clicked on me that, dude, this is legitimately medicine for people. And that sparked um, an interest for my brother and I to grow on the side. Um, we have our own little grow up, but then eventually once I left healthcare, 
Um, I managed a dispensary for about half a year down in Kittery. Yep. Um, and that kind of fundamental disagreement. So I moved on and I was lucky enough to meet Mike and Jesse. <coughs> and uh, the environment just works. It allows me to focus on my side grow and help go to the, go anywhere we want to go with these guys. Yeah. Um, and they've shown me um, totally different side of the industry because my brother and I were living soil grow. Um, and they're a little different than me. Mm -hmm. and, but, Salt boys. Yeah, Salt boys. Salt boys. Salt boys. <laughs> but, but you know what? I, I've always said I want to be a Swiss Army knife of the industry. I want to know everything. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now. I'm, I'm learning from them. I, I learn with my bro, and I kind of represent. I do more of the business side for my brother and I. Um, and you guys are together um, collectively? Yeah, so my brother and I, we're Green Matter Cultivation, LLC, but uh, with Mike, and I'm on Beast Trees. I'm 100% in on Beast Trees. I spend more time there, honestly, than I do up at the Grove for Green Matter at this point because I live in Old Orchard. So right. um, I but can I, handle the business side from down here for my brother. So I wanted to focus on something you said, and it was, and I think everyone can chime in on this too. You said it was hard to grasp that this could be medicine and because of the propaganda <sighs> stuff, but also to... The, I had this conversation with Carrie, and I think a lot of people that are really in it for the right reasons can attest to it. The industry in its early start, and still even now sometimes, there are some some people and some contenders that give it a bad name and that make it hard for it to say mm -hmm. it's medicine. How is it medicine when you spray some of this nasty shit on it? You know, that's not right. medicine. You know, you're no better than a pharmaceutical company that's just running rampant. Absolutely. So I think that's where it does cause a lot of people to second guess because there is those bad contenders, just like anything in life, the radicals kind of ruin it for the masses yeah. because yeah. they can give Absolutely. a bad name and cast this crazy shadow. Yeah, you're going to have bad apples kind of in anything that, mm -hmm. that, that you do, any type of business. Oh, yeah. Especially with the amount of money that's involved in the cannabis industry. Um, you're going to get those people, like I said, they're going to wean themselves out, the people that are in it for a fast buck or the people that kind of don't do things right. Um, either they're going to fade away to the black market, uh, which is fine, um, or they're not going to, you know, be welcomed in this community. <laughs> right. Simple as that. I mean, if we find out you're doing some bullshit, then you're getting called out and you're not, you're not welcome mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the plant and the medicine itself. Now, you know, people can do whatever they want, say whatever they want. That's, you know, that, that's, that's on them. But uh, when it comes to the medicine and the plant, if you're doing something fucked up, then you need to be called out and you need to, you know, you need to spread the word because uh, you don't want patients. You don't want good people using bad medicine. So, I mean, you're going to have those people. They're going to be around, but I don't think they'll be around for too long. Um, and if they do stay around, they're, they're not going to be in the public eye. And the access to their, their cannabis um, isn't going to be for the, the regular, you know, patient. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in to the main podcast. This is infomercial time, and I'd like to talk about uh, Seaworks & Co. out in Turner, Maine. I think it was uh, back in 2018 that uh, Colby opened up the store. It was something that he had to work with uh, with this town on, uh, you know, kind of groom them because they didn't know much about it and they weren't sure what kind of regulations. And, and he continued to work with them and he, and he taught them as much as uh, they taught him. And it probably was uh, a bit of a situation going on there. But uh, the town of Turner has been better for it because he's got a good loyal following out there he's got a great fabulous looking comfortable store when you walk on in i mean every time i go in there i feel like it's uh, i'm entering a grand hall uh the flowers off to the left last i knew and well presented and looks good and and the house fire stuff is starting to come through for him in the garden so that's uh that's always a great sign you want your store to be well supported by 
by a good strong house presence of flour. It makes everything that much better. But he's got everything else in there too and at really good prices. I mean, it's, it fits the community, it fits surrounding areas. People will go out of town for a 15 minute drive when they can easily get something five minutes away. And it's because of what Colby's done. He's brought consistency over there. He's brought a place that you can feel at home. He's brought education to the over-the-counter experience. For us here, and that's what we want represented in good main craft cannabis. Good medical main craft cannabis. Thanks, Colby. Thanks for what you're doing out there at SeaWorks. Best to you. What are we, waiting for? we were going to jump back in on the topic of pricing. Yeah, definitely. We can go about, we can talk about pricing. Um, are we at a fair market right now or, or where? We're back to a fair market. Um, I think it, we've been out of it fluctuates. It fluctuates. Part. I mean, it, it definitely. Did we need a little bit of January to happen? Yeah, I mean. Or or was it a little bit before that? It was as always, kind of the summertime. Yeah. Um, the summertime, everything dries up a little bit, and prices kind of shoot through the roof. But I mean, as long as you have a good relationship with a lot of good caregivers in the area, um, you didn't get taken too bad. Uh, I was very fortunate right. and very lucky uh, that I've had relationships for years with people. Um, so I kind of stayed on the lower end. So I was able to keep my menu prices, you know, very similar to what they have been from day one, um, where we offer, like I said, a higher end product, $45 eighths, $80 quarters, $120 halves, and $250 ounces. Um, in a delivery service. In, in a delivery service, yeah. So, I mean, you can call and roll out of bed and walk to your front door and then go roll back in your bed. Like, it's it's a convenience thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then all my taxes are also uh, wrapped right in there. So, I mean, basically, if you look at it, you know, your, your $45 eight is about $40. Uh, you're just paying the tax. I mean, you got to pay yeah, tax. Yeah, you got you to pay it. Yeah. I mean, you know, for a couple of years, I ate that and... Uh, my accountant didn't like that, so. No, at some point, if that <laughs> runs out, they said, yeah. no, you can get another five Yeah, uh, so, um, I mean, that's the way I look at it, and I kind of tell people, you know, you just, it's a convenience thing. Um, you know, we might be a little higher you than You bring it out, so you talked about early. When you started business early, you wanted to roll it in as much as you could. Yeah. You wanted it to be, you knew from that point, this was only going to succeed if you could make it as simple and as uh dedicated a system yeah you have to set a precedent right from day one too um you know and that's again having good quality product and being able to be consistent consistently have good quality product to uh, provide to my patients if it's if it's not mine you know working with some of the the best caregivers in the in the state to be able to offer really good product uh if like i said we you know we rip through our stuff so we don't always have it so we rely on some other other companies to help us out which has been amazing the biggest trick you could probably speak on this is going to be consistency is it not from a from a cultivator's point of view yeah absolutely i mean it's what it's all about that's really what it's but, all about. but it's not it, it's is it the una, is it unattainable to say like i mean you're going to always encounter something at some to some degree that no i think the inconsistency no. a lot of times comes from people's just inability to run a strain a couple of times to make sure you know that they got the full look at it, throw potential out of it, you know, so I see some people, and plus the, you know, everyone trying to find the next new strain, and not really, again, running through and really making sure that what they're selecting is, um, is gonna, I don't know, like, uh, how, how do I explain this, uh, 
what they're where they're skipping over. Uh, go with it. Go Stony with it. Baloney. Come on, you can do it. I'm rooting for you. The triple joint right, fucking so, okay, rip. Yeah, I just right. got him. Listen, we needed so, that moment, dude. Like, we're in good. The pursuit of, all right, so in the pursuit of the next big strain, like people are are skipping over stuff that could be just as great if they had spent the time working that over. It's besting you know, the time. Yeah, investing the time in some of these strains. And I also think there's some great old strains that need to be gone back to and reworked um, that were really great. That's what, the, like I said, the people that don't have the patience in this industry to try to create a really good product, they just want to like get it to market, push it out there, yeah. Yeah. And get the money and just keep it moving. Like They don't really care as much about the product as know per se someone like you know my company and the people that i employ that you guys are about the identity about yeah. the community exactly i mean and, it's and because that's you are a you part of it yeah you have to build with it and you have to build you know build the community and work with with people that um like i can say it again for the millionth time like have the similar vision of what we want to to happen and the way we want things to work so mm. are, are we are we gonna have uh, this opportunity to uh continue to protect medical is that is that one of those battles that um, that, really that you feel like there's enough unification to, because of the strength of the the medical market that we've created as gardeners and business owners out here. Um, you're gonna have that big business, big brother looking at us, you know, from the rec side. I feel like as the biggest competition yeah. always. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's gonna always be some sort of a fight there. Yeah, as long as they, you know, it's kind of with what's going on right now. Um, it's put us in a tough position, but if we if we stand up and um, we all kind of unify and become one voice, they can't de they can't deny certain things. Now they can definitely take certain things away from us, but they have to they have to give us a, a little bit. They can't take it all away. They have to give us a little bit. They have to all allow us to operate. They have to allow us to to live our lives like they've. Um, they've allowed us for the past, you know, however many, well, since, since 2013, when you could be a caregiver, mm, um, yeah. you know, allowing people to, you know, like, this is my, this is my lifestyle now. This is how I feed my family. This is how I put food on the table. This yeah, is, yeah, there's so know, much to it. There's so much to it. And yep. I mean, the people that, uh, we pay rent to and the, you know, the construction workers that are building the new facilities and it just goes so deep. But, um, some would say though, that the, the counter argument to some of it would be that the bad apples that we're talking about still, yep. and that the people that have are, that are doing these big grows and they're pushing massive amounts out of state and whatnot, that that can be the reason for the the need for overregulation, or that's the that's the theory of thought because they can't stop it no many no other way, and we know it, everyone knows it. The the agencies that are kind of tasked for, and regardless if. If you believe in the law or not, as far as cannabis goes, you can't believe in it one time and then not in the other. You can't believe yep. in it when Agreed. you want it to work on your side and you want to follow it for your store. And then, Agreed. well, it's like, oh, well, they shouldn't got, get this guy for pushing packs. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fucked up, but that is that, that's the way life works. So, I mean, I think they're, I think for them, the, their theory is like the only way to get this to stop is to choke and like, you know, to just overregulate the fuck out of it. That's really what this this all is, is just a 
bunch of overregulation. Yeah. Nope. You're 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 100. You're 100 right. And then that's where they have to listen to to us and what we have to say because we do want some sort of regulation. We do want those people to kind of get pushed out um, or back to the black market and not you know be able to get into some of these stores and so on and so forth. But um, less teeter tottering. Like, yeah. Pick what you're gonna do. Yeah. It, it, pick one. No thing. hate in whatever way. Just do one thing and don't yeah. you don't cloud. You know don't don't mess up someone else's hustle because of what you got going. On. That's kind of what's happening. Yeah, exactly. It definitely is. Um, I mean, like I said, it's it's a touchy subject for for a lot of people because um, once again, we all kind of you know look at things. We're raised different. We look at things from you know different mm-hmm. angles. Um, some people might you know, like I said, look at it the way where they're like, you know, we're getting rid of all these you know you know people that are just out here trapping, moving a bunch of moving a bunch of packs here there. But I mean, they've also set up the system once again to allow it to happen. So let's try to figure out how to uh, allow it to, I mean, not so much allow it to happen, but, you know, regulate it where, uh, the you know, from a simple track and trace. Like, I don't think everyone would be against a track and trace as long as it wasn't, um, you know, 47 steps, you know, f- you know, 47 yeah. steps to do this. Let's simplify mm-hmm. it. Let's make it a little bit easier. No, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's... it's yeah. I mean, we, we do grow cannabis, and there there's a there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but you know, I'm not a I'm not a goddamn rocket science on the you know you know figuring things out on the computer, doing this, doing that. I mean, we already do enough to try to create a really good product right. and giving me an extra 40, 50 hours a week worth of work. Like, let's and try is, to- you're right. You know, and I think people forget about that when you look at a farmer, a potato farmer, or corn. You know, you, you, you drive and buy, and you, I remember my parents always used to say, "Those people work so hard. They're up dusk until dawn." And then you think of a cannabis farmer, and it's almost like it's a completely different a uh, viewpoint. But really, it's the same. These people are farming. They're taking care of a plant. It's 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 a lot of work. It's a ton of work. I'm, uh, I mean, from just like I said, from all the way from the beginning life of the cannabis plant all the way to when it's jarred up. And yep. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of money that goes into it. There's a lot of manpower that goes into it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of passion and love, blood, sweat, and tears. Like it, it's, you know, when, when you when you look at it and they're trying to take away certain simple things that, that actually work in the program, yeah. you know, that's what I look at being like, oh, dude, come on. Like, I, I think you have a good point, too. And it, it echoed what you said about testing earlier. I'm not sure if we we're if we we're hot mic at that point. Yeah, but it was it's, it's like, you know, people wouldn't mind to do a lot of some of these things were, would not. They don't mind about it, but it's the fact that to do it, it's normally, like you said, a, a bajillion steps, and you're normally paying a lot of money for it at the yeah, end of the make day. Make it reasonable. Make mm-hmm. it streamlined. Exactly. Give us something that, like I said, we can all agree on where it's it's simple, yet you know the state will make it some sort of complicated at some point. Like I get it, but still, let it right. you know let it be known mm-hmm. that like you know we'll do whatever it takes. We will we'll conform, mm-hmm. but don't choke us out. Like mm-hmm. literally just don't fully choke us out. Don't give us just a little bit of breath. Don't, yeah. you know, they're going to allow us to live on just like, <clears throat> you know, just a tad bit of breath. Like, no, nah, I want to be able to take a little bit more of a gulp, you know? Yeah. Like, don't no. choke us out and say, you know, like, like I said, I mean, just literally trying to force the, I mean, I look at it as just trying to force the program out. Just I, I, it, and what I said strong. was not in agreement yeah, for it. it. I yeah. just think that that, that is that's pretty from someone that's the detached. Patient rules. When you look at the pa- new patient rules they want to adopt, it's like, whoa, you definitely want to push people to that store, you know, to the rec store. Mm-hmm. Can you echo the, some of them, uh, Jesse, a little bit of what you've read and whatnot about the patient rules? Like what really is, what really said to you, okay, this is fucked up. The whole, phys- the whole like, you know, doctor to patient relationship is going to be much much more serious 
I almost want to bring it back like half yeah, a decade. Exactly. That's what it feels like. And for anyone wondering, that's when it was like two hundred and something dollars for a damn yeah. card. You know, that was ridiculous. And you had to schedule an appointment. I remember I, I you know, I almost what do you need a medical card for? The damn anxiety from getting in this office. You know, holy yeah. shit. It's ridiculous. So who um the money that a medical card normally costs, is there would would you be able to explain to me like the allocation where the money goes out of that grouping? Like, is there oh, a certain amount that goes to the state at all? Very small, like it, very because yeah. even it's not a lot, is it? I mean, oh. it's easily absorbed for for the, the cost. Yeah, they're not? charging forty bucks. The nurse at yeah. some other places, and they're still saying, "Oh, I think I sent twenty bucks to the state, or fifteen, or ten. Someone can correct me on here in the comments or whatnot." But it's not not a lot. to get into the numbers like that too too much, but to yeah. understand like how it's built. Uh, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not. Ex I'm not too sure. I don't. I'm okay. I don't, yeah, believe no, I don't sure. want to say the wrong thing, so I don't want to make a comment on it. I don't know. Confessing to something you don't. Yeah, like, I, have I, no, I have no. I remember clue. that. I well, do, like, when guess. I got my medical yeah. card, it's <laughs> a lot. The state takes a lot. A lot of them are cash. When I when I got my medical card, I remember talking to nurse practitioner, and it was a very small percentage, as far as or not percentage. It was just a very small amount. Like it can be scaled up because I remember asking her. I said, "So wait, when these people were charging two hundred something dollars there." making all the other money and she goes yep and i was like what the hell i was like that's crazy that's a lot of money that these you know that, that's what there was there's a whole clinic set up with nurses and doctors just doing that i remember yeah. the the relief clinic or whatever you know no hate to them but god yeah. that was like a damn doctor's office it was fully staffed and all they were doing is writing certificate for certifications do you get a lot of um delivery service to out-of-staters uh yeah and, like Yo, you know what i mean yeah we like, have, yeah, we have a ton of we have a ton of out-of-staters um we had so many out-of-staters at one point i had to cap them uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, basically coming up, which they do to a, a lot of people. They come up and almost buy you out. Uh, they come up with a car, yeah, right. load, a car load of four or five people, and they all have all have their cards. They're all ready to go, and they all want, you know, their two and a half ounces. And <laughs> by the time they leave, I'm like, half pounds gone, and the next car rolls in, you know? There's um, a lot of enterprising going on. Yeah, there's and, a lot. But, but, a bit, but it's amazing because it, it happened so fast. Like, there were a lot of people who were down there who said, I, I know how to make money. Oh, yeah. And they had, oh, uh, yeah. and I can respect it because yeah. they work, you know, yeah. they figured it out. I respect the hustle. It. I get it. I get um, it. I mean, you know, like I said, I understand what's going on. I mean, it, we've kind of cut back a lot, uh, a lot on that. You had to, or yeah. you would have been out it all just, the time. All the time. I mean, you're trying to protect, uh, you were trying to protect your inventory. A hundred percent. And, you know, to be totally honest, like, I want my, you know, product grown here in Maine. I want it consumed here in Maine. Um, yeah. It's for Maine people. I'm, a, I'm born, bred, and raised here. Uh, you know, I love Maine. I, you know, I lived in a few other places, but you know, my passion is to be here and to, like I said, to provide good, good cannabis for the people of Maine. So I yeah. want to, I want to try to keep it here. Now, and, I mean, and you, you know, said like you were talking about earlier, you're expanding it out. You're wholesaling it out. Yeah, wholesaling it out. Other so more new avenues, can, more, new areas. Yeah, more people can have it. Um, more exposure. More exposure. Yeah, I mean, we have Bees Trees North more now, so. which is yeah up at the Sugarloaf area. Um, another place that I absolutely love in the state of Maine. That's uh, where you're going to be retiring, is it? Not? Yep. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> What's I the southern location? Where? How far? How far away are you going? Um, I mean, some Central Americans. So no. Costa Rica. <laughs> maybe not. Costa Rica would be like. Like um, my next, you know, thing where I'd like to maybe buy some land and build a little house down there. That'd be awesome. Huh? Yeah. So um, that's a dream, you know. But, yeah, sure. You sure. Know, my house, my house has Sugarloaf was a dream too, and that's a dream that you know I was able to attain and, and come true. Uh, 
a lot to my fiance. I love her to death. She's amazing. Uh, she's been able to be super supportive and I've been able to kind of start this business and not have a bunch of money coming in or really any money coming in. And she's been super supportive and been able to, to kind of take care of me, uh, until, you know, I've got, you know, till, till we got to a good operating, you know, point. Um, a lot of situations. It's that early grind. You yeah. Know, the, you don't know if you're going to fucking make it. Dude, it's, it's insane. You're you going to find a way or yeah. you're going to hope you find a way. Oh yeah. You, know? you hope you find a way, but yeah. it's, it's a grind, but you know, having, having her, uh, having, you know, her support has been, has been amazing. Um, you know, she doesn't, you know, love me consuming as much as I do. But well, I'm glad you ended that with consuming. I was wondering where the fuck you were She doesn't love me. That was a cliffhanger me. moment. Was you like, know how to sell things like, right there. Yeah. We're going to use that in the video. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, super supportive. So it's it's been, that's been amazing uh, to have her around and, and supporting me on that end. But you know, I mean, she's a little bit more removed from the cannabis industry. She is. Yeah, she's yeah. totally removed. She's a doctor. Uh, and, you know, she gives me my two cents all the time on cannabis. Oh, no. Well, yeah, yeah, from from a like a biological standpoint of, you know, how things work. So we battle back and forth a lot on that. But it's also opened her up to understanding cannabis and how it helps so many people. And, you know, she's totally on board. Uh, I hope at one point she can step away from what she's doing and come, you know, join the team. Yeah. It should be, yeah, that would be really cool. But she, I don't think she'd ever do it. But no. that's what I want her to do. That'd be so fun <laughs> to have, have her on board. She's a beast. So she's an animal. She it's important to have that kind yeah. of uh, working partnership and however it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's a go getter and she pushes me, even though I'm a go getter, she still pushes me hard every day. How about the information she does offer to you? Oh. Is she uh, close or on or some, some oh, yeah. speculative? No, no or she's is good. It, she's is it more data-driven? Yeah, it's more data-driven stuff. Yeah. It definitely is more data-driven stuff. What were you saying? She's definitely with it. Like, I was at his house one night. We were just, like, having a basic combo about COVID and how that works. And next thing you know, she's pulling up, like, this whole dude doing a whole... Got charts and grids, yeah. yeah, charts and presentation, and we're <laughs> like, hey, you need to watch. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, oh, come on, that's over our head. Like, Shit, that's over. Yeah, our, way over I'm my like, head. Fuck, that's over. No idea. Yeah, over our head. Yeah, put like, her on YouTube. Yeah, Get that out there. Yeah, seriously. However, no. however uh, they're doing it, right? But no, no, she's she's great. Like I said, just Jesse goes, yeah, yeah, she with it. Yeah, <laughs> she, she's with it. She knows her smart, shit. Yeah, she's smart. smart. Like I said, she's uh, she's very driven. Drives me. Has helped my company. Uh, for sure, from just like uh, a support of being super support, you gotta have that. So yeah, yeah, you, yeah. It's harder to succeed without support yeah, and in some, some way or another. Has no clue about the industry. Um, when I actually first met her, um, you know, back in the day, we were just trapping a little bit. So uh -huh. she said to me, uh, you know, you can you can stop that. You do you do well at your other job in the restaurant industry. You could you could stop doing the side business, or or I'm leaving. So that's I actually got out of I got out of the cannabis industry for a little while um, when when I met her, and she was like, "Be done with that, buddy." You were uh, miserable. Uh, uh, yeah, you I mean, didn't like that. I did not. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like that I was out of the cannabis industry so much. Um, but I understood the sacrifices that I had to make. Yeah, sure. Uh, to make someone happy that I that I really cared about, right. uh, and still allow me to smoke and still allow me to, to live my life. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just not things that you know. Say if I went to jail, she's not gonna be there when I get out. And that you know, I was like, well, that's not cool. I don't want that. So I, you know, I stopped doing what I was doing, and then I said, oh well, what if I get my caregiver? Card. Can I start again? She said, "You you get your caregiver card. You do everything you legal and um, you go about it the right way. And you have my support. And that's like I said when Beast Street started uh, four years ago when we really started started. Yep. You know. And, yep. 
Oh, and then we drove the brand. That was the You've been marketing uh, for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, I've been pushing, really pushing the brand. Um, Has uh, IG always been the place? IG's been helpful. I think we they, talked about yeah, that. they they blocked my account. Um, <laughs> at, at, Real helpful. Yeah, hey, well, you know, early on they feels blo- like people are falling like flies. Yeah, right they now, have blocked dude. my account. Uh, New algorithm or something? Who knows? Well, it's never Facebook took over. It's been crazy. Yeah. With uh, how things are reported. Like we need I, Jack Dorsey to run this shit from correct. Twitter. I don't know if you've seen that guy. That dude, Seriously. That dude just looks like he probably wakes up fresh in the morning and just milks a bong. <laughs> First thing he does. It's just a big milker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And probably doesn't even. I, I don't think he's taking a shower in six years. No, that's okay. He looks, yeah, like he lives in Hawaii and just goes surfing, rips bongs and dabs all day. Honestly, like, I mean, sign me the fuck up for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm cool with that. The ocean, I'll be washing the ocean. That's good. Salt water. Yeah. Clean up good. But no, I mean, so the brand was really um, important for me, obviously, along with uh, the quality cannabis, yep. um, was branding and building. Um, kind of a lifestyle brand, but from a direction of, you know, being in the cannabis industry and really liking streetwear. So it was kind of um, You combined. talked about your shoe collection. Yeah, which these guys call me. I hate calling myself a sneakerhead um, because I, I've been a collector for 20 years. Is there a different classification yeah, then? Yeah, it's like a sneaker, <laughs> on, a sneaker okay, so collector. If you've been doing it for 20 years, that's pretty damn, that's a long time, yeah, all right? I'm like a, you've devoted I, yourself to this for a bit. I have, and it's something that I've always done, and I've been known for always having like crazy sneakers or sneakers that other people can't get. Or and just, when's your first pair of unused sneakers that you have? Uh, 1998. Was it, and you still have them? I still have them, oh yeah. Pair of 1998, they've never been worn? Never been worn, on <laughs> ice, yeah, oh. on ice. My mom got them for me for Christmas, and uh, yeah, what I was, I was, so I was 98, gee, I was like a freshman, yeah, I started crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's how passionate I am about sneakers. It's just one of those things that, and then it kind of went into the streetwear thing with the streetwear company that I have. Um, yeah, like plug said, that real quick. What was uh, that? Too? Dead Revolution. Uh, you can find us on on IG Dead Revolution. You can uh, go to my page Sneaker Addict Two Hundred Seven. And you guys are doing. You guys do one offs too. Yeah, we do. So cool. We do one on ones. Um, you know, custom everything from jeans to jean jackets, uh, custom t-shirts, sweatshirts. We do it all. My creative director, Devin Smart, he's a he's crazy when it comes to that stuff. Um, and then we have uh, my buddy Walt Phillips, who just who hustles super hard and pushes the brand. Yeah. And then I'm kind of on the back end, just on the business aspect of it. Yep. Uh huh. So and you and you said you have a storefront in Wichita, Kansas. In Wichita, right? Kansas. Wichita. Yeah, Wichita, Kansas. We have a storefront. Like you said of all places. Yeah, down in Wichita, we just opened. How often do you yeah. get to go That's down really cool. to that? Uh, hub, I uh, actually, like I said, we just opened up to? down there. Yeah, I'll go visit. I'll go down and show some face down there once this whole COVID thing kind of passes. And we can travel a little bit easier. Yeah. Sure. But, yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. going to be able to. So, how much do you think it's going to be a different immersion into Wichita, Kansas, for your brand? <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure to see how it goes with with the streetwear company, but I mean, I know that they they definitely are streetwear culture down there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I leave that kind of up to the other guys sure. uh, to deal with pushing that brand. Like I said, I'm on the back end, the business side. Yeah. You know, I promote it, and you know, I wear it, and I you know, take care of all my buddies and, and put them in all the gear. But it's really about pushing Beast Trees and this brand. It's is, a good is, look. Yeah. I like the colors. It's um, unique enough. Yeah, the colors I mean, are different. Really well. um, shout out to Hugh McCormick. Continuous uh, with your imagery. Yeah. He, yep. you know, like Hugh crushed it for me. I, I went to him with my original concept. Um, 
which if you like look at my IG all the way down on the bottom, it's like a little bee flying with a little bag of weed, like a, a little cross symbol on it. And it was super cool. Like I loved it. It was a really cool concept. Um, but with the whole branding, putting, you know, animals on packaging, you know, I couldn't have it. So I went to Hugh. You had to really strip it down. Yeah, strip it way down to something simple. Symbols work better. Yes, though, something simple, so. but something strong. Yeah. Um, and he knocked it out the park. He killed it. Uh, I, I, I mean, the brand itself is obviously, you know, comes from my brain, but he put it on paper and, and he made, made the bee come to life, even though it's super simple. Yep. Uh, and now I think people recognize they just see the bee and you don't even need to see bees trees and you understand what it is, uh, which was the main thing kind of like with even, you know, like my, my sneaker thing, like with Nike, you see the check and you know, it's Nike, you see the Adidas symbol, you see that, you know, it's Adidas, so on and so forth with like big companies, you can see the symbol, yep. but you don't have to read what it is. So that's kind of what I went after. And, uh, I really pushed hard to be like, as uh, uh, an alcohol company that I absolutely love the Bissell brothers. I love their branding and what they did and how they kind of, yeah, made, that made felt it. so fresh when they first yeah, came up with that. So I dope. hadn't seen anything like that. Nothing like it. Yeah. And I think they came on in the right time in the Portland, like they, and they played yeah. it right. They got some stickers out there. They got it like anybody even not drinking it. Exactly. And that's what All I want. All of a sudden, like, I want brand places. You made you so, yeah. 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 So I'm like, people that, hills? yeah, people wear this? my gear that and don't even good. smoke. Yeah. yeah. People and wear my gear. It was real good. <laughs> I, I love it. People wear the gear uh, that don't that's smoke. That's what we'll have. Some of that in house. Oh yeah, for time. sure. It's gotta uh, be. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Pete and Noah, the owners of Bissell. Like you guys have been definitely someone that I've looked up to with branding wise and how you've done things. Uh, we've kind of, yeah. Not, Do you me think not mirror ever... you, but I mean, I went to the same branding guy that did them. So, oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. So I, went, oh, I, I saw went some of that imagery. Yeah, that's yeah. really good stuff. So really good design. Yeah, simple, but you know, catches your eye. Uh, I think color pattern wise, gold and black was something that always I, I loved. I absolutely loved that color, and then mixing in the greens, the forest greens, and some of like the, yeah. the lighter colors, mm. the earth tone colors with it. it uh, was and, that was the company that you use? Is that the same one that like uh? Um, what was it, Blythe and Burroughs and like Via Vecchi or that, that place is down in Portland. It's pretty big, I think, down in Portland. Or it's yeah, I'm not sure if he did theirs. I'd have to look at his page, but I know he, you know, he's like Austin Street, you know, as well. He's done Austin Street. Yeah. Um, he does it, Batson, uh, the new Batson River, I think they're called. Uh, he did, uh, he did, does all their branding. Um, There's I mean, a couple yeah, of them that he, he's really done some, a lot. Yeah, he's there. done some, some big things, um, but you know, he'll, he'll, uh, uh, like out of the blue, he'll send me something like, yo, bro, you, you got, you got to check this out. Uh, this latest, latest shirt that, uh, it's going to be kind of our new thing, uh, with a hashtag buzzing for bees trees. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm getting a bunch of shirts that are going to be say buzzing on them. Uh, it's just like kind of something that we want to throw out there as a hashtag with our stuff mm -hmm. and we'll do like giveaways. So, you know, you hashtag buzzing and we'll pick someone for a giveaway. Uh, just like little things it's like that. a great idea. Yeah. So he That's does, really you know, he idea. sent that. And Don't let Evan tell him, uh, you his story about that. Uh, about what? Wanted, you wanted to do some uh, merch with that had hash or, or something like that, right? Remember? Yeah. Um, oh, over the I, summer, different different graphics and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that's funny because we're starting to see a lot more people who are interested in doing that. Yeah. Getting, getting into the, the, like the fashion of it. Yeah, getting like, into the, I, the, I hadn't the clothing seen that side. For a while. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've always been interested in. So I yeah. knew I was going to integrate it at some point, and I've slowly started to kind of do that. Uh, but like I said, Hugh's been Hugh's been awesome. Uh, he comes up with these these awesome ideas. He you know he designs uh, all my labels. Uh, you know, he's the creator of of the Bee Face. Now yep. I, I just represent it, <laughs> um, and the company you know the company's kind of 
you know, simple. We're, we're simple people, but we have super clean quality products. And that's kind of what my labeling, you know, stands for. It kind of shows super, super yep. simple, but nice and clean, uh, mm -hmm. clean. And like, you know, looks, looks like quality stuff. And it is <laughs> right. Yeah. At least people tell me <laughs> they keep smoking it. They keep smoking they it. Loving they keep it. asking for it. Yeah. It's so. really good stuff. Really good flavor. That's what I've been smoking on earlier. Yeah, tonight. I didn't say what I was smoking. Yeah. On. Smoking forbidden, on that. Yeah. Forbidden, forbidden Skittles. Skittles. Uh, we apologize to everyone that sold out in one day, actually. How um, yeah, it was crazy. It pretty much sold out in one day. It, well, the public didn't get a ton. <laughs> We smoked most of it. Uh, it Tough. Was, yeah, we have a whole run coming of it, so it will be available. It's going to be in dispensaries. Uh, you'll see that. Um, about is, nine, it, nine. is it worth going into uh, reserve, creating reserve uh, a reserve type of uh, flower, dried flower? Um, Classification would that, that come? Would that I, come from the rarity of something, or or is everything kind of becoming a little bit more rare, or, or that's where people want to go? You mean, what do you mean by having a reserve? Like a, mm. like a, a what would you classify? Or this is like actually, an exotic, like, yeah. Well, like what would you classify as an exotic? Because that, you know, as much as we talked about gas being thrown yeah, around, I mean, so exotic's you, another term that sometimes you have to hit. I mean, for the four points for me are, you know, the aroma. Yeah. Obviously when, when you crack that jar, um, and if you're still selling in mylar bags, stop people, they crush the weed. Um, you know, you got to have another big debate. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, <clears throat> I'll always sell in jars, but I mean, like I said, that's just me and I'm a connoisseur. So, um, but when you crack that jar open and, and you get that, that aroma from it, um, when you look at it and it has that look that, you know, you might not see on something very similar. Mm -hmm. um, there can be some strains that you look at one person has done and you're like, Ooh, you know, it looks good. And then you might look at someone else and be like, Whoa, like that's next level shit. That's like what we're trying to do. That's the experience. Yeah, that's like what we're trying to do, that experience. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the taste of it. So you want it to have full flavor. You almost want to have that taste match the aroma. And then obviously the the high, the the effect that you're going to get from it. You want to make sure it hits all points. If you're if you're growing a sativa, you want to make sure you get that uppity kind of zippy, little bit of energy feeling from it. If you're growing that hybrid, that you want that everyday work hybrid, you want something to be you know a little bit uh, energetic, but also have a little bit of that indica strain kind of into it. And we can get into you know at another point the indica sativa thing, but. Um, yeah, I was wondering why you were going into those classifications. <laughs> yeah, right. Huh? You gotta, yeah, we, we, you know, we've had this conversation. So had you this grow a lot of sativa, huh? <laughs> no, I don't, I'm, I'm, we're a big indica guys. We've uh, built the kind of company known that we've we've. Do you like to indica. specialize in certain? Yeah, indica, something you know heavier. Uh, yeah. I like heavier focus highs. Moving forward more on those OG chem gassy yep. stuff for now. Real just gas. Because there's just not enough of it in sours. Um, and then definitely we got, a, you know, a nice fruity grape going and then we'll work on maybe that blueberry. And then I'd love to find, I really want to find a, a, another coffee strain. Uh, yeah, a friend cool. of mine, a friend of mine. What do you mine, mean by another coffee strain? I missed the first. Uh, a, a, friend, my, my well, a, friend of, a friend of mine was growing it uh, a while back. It was, uh, uh, I got, it's got a. Uh, vulgar word in it, but it was called Karma, Bi uh, Karma Bitch. I believe it was from, uh, I don't remember who. What the they called it the coffee stream for. <laughs> but no, it was a cut. Like it had a nice. Coffee cut? Yeah, like it just ha had a beautiful coffee flavor to it. Really? Yeah, like that's the thing I want to try. It's a rare gem. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing. That's for those who are wanting that. Yeah, that's what I consider exotics when you find that really beautiful looking. 
and then it has that like distinct flavor that you don't really come across that's more exotic and rare it's different you know um but yeah definitely some coffee um, i want to find and if i could ever find a coconut and lime coconut and lime let's talk about that yeah separate but yeah oh a coconut kind of terp like it'd be kind of cool to find like a coconut terp where you could you know that sweet that would be that sweet coconut yeah, smooth sweet on the exhale on the yeah. top end of yep. it you yeah, yeah. can bring that into a flower that sweet earthiness yeah, yeah you can bring it in I used to get back in the day I can't remember the company name but ever since smoking those I've always wanted to find something similar <laughs> cinnamon <laughs> similar. No, similar 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 <laughs> cinnamon would be interesting I was like I, don't know. Mm. I, was like, I don't know. Cinnamon. I definitely want to try to isolate more flavors, like try to find strains that have more isolated, distinct, you know, instead of having mashup flavors. But yeah, I do feel yeah. like that's that's become like really popular. There's these like exotic name brands or like exotic that just like thrown out. It's like ice cream something and not yeah. talking about ice cream cake. I actually do think the gelato kind of tastes like ice cream cake in a way. Yeah. So I don't want to get all fucking bent out of shape about that but more so like there's all like these weird like names that are thrown out and they really don't taste like it at all exactly like you know exactly 100 percent. that's i mean and that comes down to a lot of you know people that might grow the strain and it's just not done right so you might have a a new york sour diesel and it might be a new york sour diesel but if it's not taken care of properly and it's not Mm -hmm. cured right it's not gonna smell like new york sour diesel it's gonna smell like fucking grass yeah it literally (laughs) smells like grass yeah well then that's just how i feel like any not well cured product and there was a time where i think maine realized how lucky we had as far as quality remember like and i could be wrong but it seemed like the stores for a while really struggled to keep like the gas on the shelf you know or right now well shit see i just caught myself saying it but i that's really just what i was buying is the gmo and stuff like that the gas but well, that I, is, I should, yeah i should say as far as everything the, the good quality because there was so much money at one point i feel like in the summer with the stimulus and everything going on that people were just buying massive amounts and Absolutely. anything that was good would sell within a matter of a couple hours of the store opening and then you'd be left with dude when that stimulus hit bro that was oh like you a, had to be off the hook oh my god it was when like he bought a, the house of sugar love now no no i just kidding <laughs> <laughs> pretty much though no that's how we remodeled it uh, <laughs> no but it that hit like a bomb that was crazy i i didn't expect that i expected no, I, I expected a, definitely a, a you know uptick. an up year oh my god yeah for sure holy shit well, that was i mean that was the first time I think I was down to like two strains and I'm like, I'm going to run out of weed. This is crazy. Like they couldn't, people couldn't grow it fast enough. And we hadn't, and we, our wholesale wasn't ready to go. I didn't have enough to, you know, to get into the company at all. I was just yeah. like freaking out. And we were, I was in, uh, yeah, I was one of those dudes. I was in your DM like, yeah, like <laughs> yo, what up dog? Like, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy for a little while, but luckily, like I said, I had some good connections. So had it was, to get some it was like, out of that. It was like sure. a two week period where yep. it got really kind of crazy, and then it went back to normal for me. But it was two weeks where it was it was pretty wild. I think everyone felt it, not just me, because um, I had people. Like I said, I was reaching out to people, people reaching out to me, like nonstop, left and right. And like I said, that's when I had to start. If you were to uh, predict out onto the twenty twenty one market, what oh, would you man. think that the twenty twenty one market is going to look like? Because we're I probably going to see this division. On, it's sad to say the political landscape right now and what's going on across the country with COVID and just the lockdown. It's, a lot of it's going to teeter on whether or not I think people are going back to work. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're getting another check, yeah, but it's again, it's 600 bucks, and like, how long is that going to last people without buying cannabis Nothing, yeah. or medicine? You know, like, that's what my biggest worry 
as yeah, it was really good for a little while, but now we might see some serious dipping. Gonna have yeah, a little bit of it. Could serious. be a long tighten back. up. It could yeah. be a little short tighten up. Who knows? So, in what way can we be proactive and keep I think, this? I think any businesses that base their like you know, we talked about this. I think with Green Truck, there might have been some that really based their movements off of this summer, and that yeah. could be a really risky move because I don't Very know if risky. the market's going to be acting like that for quite a yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, kind of what I did, you know, I just. I mean, I went back to think, like, what do the people want? Like, what are they going to need? So we went to a rewards program, um, mm -hmm. you know, so we're going to try to give out and give back as much as we can. So, you know, try to people spend as, you know, less, but we still want to take care of them. So kind of with the rewards program, and then you'll find basically with, with me wanting to give out, like, free joints, you know, to everybody and, you know, yep. gummies here and there. Yeah. You know, just try to, try to take care of the people as much as they have taken care of me. And I know times are tough, so, you know, Times have been good to me, so if I can give back a little bit, um, I have no problem, like I said, for anybody, seriously. If, if anyone has an issue trying to find meds or paying for meds, like reach out. Um, if it's legit, you have a legit story, like we'll take care of you. Um, and if I'm not in your area, I can guarantee I know a caregiver that's in your area that will help you out and take care of you. That's the community, like thing, you know, bond that we've that we've built with all these people. Yeah. Um, is to be able to take care of, you know, like I said, it's, it's tough times. It's been good to have that one-on-one, -on -one, yeah, that direct uh, resource has. and interaction for those who need it and yeah. for the businesses. That's the, that's legs. That's the foundation. And it definitely is. So you to have think to that this thing that's uh, occurred can be wiped out on a state level because of other interests. That's yeah. It's not very uh, appealing. I hope there are some concessions because you're talking about a lot of people who. All right. So what happens now? Yeah. You know. And so that's when choices and yeah. it would be a force into the black market. It would be, or, or a departure out of cannabis. And yet yeah. um, the, the flip side is if the relationship continues, it's manageable, it's salvageable for Definitely a, salvageable. however so long, much longer than, then there could be really good. You could think of it in terms of this could go on for a while. I mean, it has to be salvageable because we, you know, we want to keep operating. Have to. So, I mean, we, we, you know, it's incredibly dumb of the state. It feels like, if you're looking at it as a whole, the only thing that's going to happen is a the state's going to lose money, and then b it's going to strengthen the uh, black market. This whole thing. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, it's, gonna, that's literally yeah. All and it's weaken do. local businesses. And then we, exactly, exactly. Well, that's it. Incredibly hate, I hate, you hate to hear it. You hate to Maine's say it. Biggest industry right now. Oh, forces it into a different direction than it. Uh, you know, gone through a system and, and decided because the roots are out of business formations it's a different kind of business formation that was existed before it always black market was profitable enough to to give this opportunity yeah no you're you know right. it built a lot of businesses so but a lot of people right it did it, did. And it, it, built and it a lot showed of a lot of people a lot of people were willing to invest in creating a business yep. to go along with it well, well i think totally because are. being on the outside is is it does have an advantageous effect too. Mm -hmm. Right, people. but I, mean, I understand that. I think a lot of people are asking themselves, what's the problem with someone like wellness or what's the problem with a big company? Why aren't you guys okay with competition? That's something that's obviously often asked. I think the simple answer is no one's afread of competition. Yeah, if it was if it was head on head, yeah, they might win in capital, but they're not winning in in quality of product. Healthy or, competition or is good competition. It's not going to happen, but the problem that we have and I think the majority of mayors have is that people like wellness will always be able to sign a check 
back and get away with dirty deeds in the sense of they've already been caught multiple times using pesticides. Yeah. But they're not they're a company. No one goes to jail. Their company doesn't shut down. They have enough money where they just sign the check. They have and money it goes built away. in for to exactly. pay fines. They literally they literally in their business plan, you can go ahead and look it up online. They have money built into that business mm -hmm. plan to pay for yeah. fines. So they know they're gonna get fined. I think the difference is between them and and, and other locals is that a local personnel put them out of business. Yeah. And so you you can always have confidence that your local your local farmer, whether it be potatoes or cannabis, is going to be taking more pride and calm, and you're going to have more confidence in their product because you know that their business is on the line with every single sale. Yeah. And all it takes is one bad sale for them. With the other guys, it doesn't really matter.